Welcome in, Defeating the Curse. Baseball season is underway. 2019 has, I guess, unofficially kicked off here, or officially kicked off. We had a fantastic conversation thanking T-Mobile off-air, but let's go ahead and just take a second and say thank you, T-Mobile, for giving us unlimited baseball to follow the entire MLB, uh, to all the majors and a bunch of other stuff. I mean, it's a fantastic little... Uh, it's a fantastic promo that T-Mobile seems to run every year. I'm, I'm actually really curious how many subscribers they bring on, you know, maybe just during the baseball season. But nonetheless, baseball is here. Stevie is here. Matt the Met is here. This is Defeating the Curse, available across every platform you can think of, from Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all the way down to Slacker. Tune in and a bunch of other things that probably are not important or relevant. But regardless, Stevie, you were in the building yesterday for Mad Max. We were talking in real time, the three of us yesterday, about how what a, what a fantastic performance from him. He was, what, one pitch away from an, the immaculate inning, which is a term I just learned, baseball Joe here, just learning things as we go. But what an amazing atmosphere yesterday. Let's not talk about the traffic and the chaos that ensued after the game, but the Nats looked good. I think anybody who was panicking about Bryce not being on this roster, I think that has been pacified. Uh, to some extent, maybe into lar- to a large extent yesterday. The Mets are who they thought, how, I think, who we thought they were. This is going to be an interesting, you know, the NL East is going to be tight and interesting, I think, throughout. Let's go, I mean, you were there yesterday. I think you were there with uh, with your son. I mean, I think you were there the entire day, actually. So what did you see? What did you experience and what did you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a great atmosphere. The crowd was pumped. It was total sellout. It's everything that opening day is supposed to be. Promise, hope, future, uh, you know, everything was amazing. But at the end of the day, it was same old Nats, right? I mean, how many times, as someone who watches 162 games of this team, how many times has Max pitched an incredible kind of masterpiece, eight innings, seven innings, one mistake, and the Nats offense isn't able to give him any run support, and they lose. I mean, this was we, we played a team that had, it was like a mirror image of, of DeGrom, who was Cy Young last year with the least run support ever. I mean, it's incredible. The Nats had so many opportunities, had so many chances. Robles starts off an inning with a double. They can't get him home from third with one out. I mean, one for, uh, I mean, 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. So many times their big hitters came up to the plate and they weren't able to capitalize. So, Joe, you mentioned. Uh, the fears of no Harper, I, I mean, I, I don't think any – we would have liked to have seen an offensive explosion to say bye-bye Bryce. Uh, and, of course, it was nice to see him strike out a couple times, but it was not nice to see the Phillies' offense explode. But So, I don't know. Same old Nats, maybe. I mean, it, it, it sounds like, Joe, you, are you in the bathroom? What was that? Uh I'm not, say, I'm not in the bathroom, guy. I'm not in the bathroom. Uh, okay? that was, there was, I don't know, something's happening too, on the street. Many, here, okay? One too many chili dogs uh, uh, last night. <laughs> <of the table. laughs> Look, I, I don't know why you're you're starting us off here with this depressing tone of, you know. Uh, like, Matt, Matt's it's going to come in all, all giddy about DeGrom. It's, uh, it's no, hang on. Hang on. If same old Max is Cy Young level pitcher every year, that's I'll take that Max any day, right? I mean, that's who you got. The guy was well, the guy was nothing short of dominant, as you said. One bad pitch over the left center wall, right? And it, my, the whole time, as a Met fan, I'm holding my heart, saying, "Oh, Degrom's going to do it again. He's going to walk away 
you know, pitch, giving up less than two earned runs, less than three earned runs, which he's got a record of 30 games in a row, by the way, doing that. So he's going to go away, and the Mets are going to give this up. And then for the first time ever, they bring in Lugo, and they bring in Familia, and they bring in Davis, and you're like, wow, this this bullpen is, if it goes, if it plays like this, if we get six or seven from our starters, and we get this bullpen to come out like this, you know what? Maybe Van Wagenen's not an idiot. Maybe he's actually onto something, right? And so I think what I was excited by was what the the prospects of the NL East are going to be. There are not going to be any easy games sans the Marlins, right? For most, like, the Mets and Nats are going to have to beat up on the Marlins because when they play each other, they're going to be playing very good baseball teams. And then that doesn't even touch on the scary lineup that is the Phillies lineup. It's completely frightening. Um, and the Braves are a very good team. We shouldn't overlook them. I think the NL East is, is – but from a Mets perspective, for one second, it was both exciting and scary because there's a lot of unknowns in the Mets lineup. You don't know what Rosario is going to be. Is he the second half of the season, Rosario? Is he the first half of the season? Pete Alonso? I'm just – hey, you're asking the question, right? And, I, by the way, scoreboard. That's all I got to say, right? 2 nothing. Scoreboard, I'll take that any time. All right, yeah, I won't go into the Mets then, Joe. How about that? Two nothing. That's I'm gonna leave it there. I I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> Being annoying, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, how similar do those two teams look though? And when, and when I say, let me just uh, clarify for the record, Max was incredible. When I say same old Max, I mean same old Nats, where. He makes one mistake and they can't overcome it. I mean, the other thing is for a Nats team that preached fundamentals all season, all spring training long, seeing Robles uh, have the base running error on third base uh, is super annoying. Uh, I, I mean, this is what, what the Nats team is loaded with potential, but somehow they make little mistakes. And how much of that is on Davey Martinez? And, and that's really the question, Matt, is, I mean, as a Mets fan, what did you see from the Nats that gives you a little pause? I'm assuming you saw Robles, who looked good out there. Yeah, I, honestly, I again, just on paper, that lineup is is really scary, right? I mean, that paper is scary. Just thinking about that, okay, yeah, you got past Max, but you have you still have Strasburg and Corbin up in this series, right? So the strength of this team is still its pitching staff. And, and the bullpen, I mean, with Bear Claw and all the other guys you've got in it, like – You've got such a strong bullpen. Like the problem, the problem with what I saw yesterday is if the Mets don't give Degrom more than one run, the Nets, the the Mets are going to lose this two to one, three to one because the Nats have the lineup. They're so well balanced. They've got youth. They've got they've got uh, Rendon. They've got Zimmerman. They've got you know expertise. They've got veterans. They've got it all. Honestly, the Nats are such a they're the most balanced team in the league as I see it. Yeah, I, I yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, I mean, Trey Turner stealing three bases yesterday. Right. And I mean, he's, he's and then get if if he gets on against Syndergaard and Syndergaard, we know can't hold runners. He could he could steal six. Like he could. All he has to do is get to first, and he'll have second and third stolen every time. Right. So they're going to produce runs. My thing was, I felt like the Mets the Mets dodged a bullet yesterday. Right. The but they dodged a bullet because they have one of the best, one of the two best pitchers in the league right now on the mound. Right. That was an exciting baseball game, man. That's what you want. That's what you wanted a DeGrom, a DeGrom Scherzer matchup to be. That's exactly what you wanted it to be. Fast strikeouts piling. You yeah, wanted can we, every can base we underscore the fast? Can we underscore the fast bit? 
I, I loved the pace of yesterday's game. I know I don't know if they actually formally introduced the uh, the the pitch oh, clock to keep things moving. Yeah. I don't know, but but that game moved so fast. Max I loved all it. over it. I, I, I mean, I know, I know, I know. But he wasn't. He's not one of the guys that's typically taking you know thirty five to forty seconds between uh, between pitches. But that game moved so quickly that it it actually kept me like it just seemed to it was a better pace i don't, I don't know how else to describe it it was a better pace and and, and for that, a that's a product too of no of no switch right i mean your, your bullpen your bullpen changes were very clear right they happened there was only one that was kind of in inning right when they pulled scherzer in the eighth which i actually felt was an inning too long for scherzer yesterday i feel like it's Day no, one no, of the no, season. No, 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 no,
He's if not. Matt, what's a good season might. for him? Well, but but Matt, what's a good season for him? What are we talking about here? Uh, you know, but what three? Any, I'll be 10? honest with you. Anything less than thirty-five home runs, a hundred ten driven in, batting at least two fifty, two sixty. I think people are gonna for that money that he put that he received. I think people are gonna look at it as a failure. Right now, it's hard to say if he hits thirty-two and and ninety-nine is a fail. But that's that's what he's that's what he's up against. How many now. games do you think he's gonna miss? Uh, I got him at thirty. No, I think he'll miss. He'll he'll probably do one DL stint. He's good for one, right? So I don't remember if it's ten or fifteen this year again. They change it again. If it's ten, I I think he'll play one hundred fifty games this year. He stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid Philly fanatic. But, but I will tell you. Uh, I will tell you the Phillies. The Phillies lineup. The the only good thing about the Phillies is they don't have the pitching, and that's where I think the Mets and Nats can differentiate. Is one to five, their staff is better. Yeah, Aaron Nola is great on the Phillies staff, but after that, they have question marks. But that lineup can mash. We didn't even mention JT Real Muto, the best hitting catcher in baseball, likely who who they got for for a few. Pro- I mean, they're stacked. The Phillies are frightening, and and. You really need your your ace pitching to be ace pitching against that lineup, or else there's going to be a lot of what did they put up twelve yesterday? Like that's going to be the norm for them. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny when you look at the NL East because the the Mets and Nats and, and probably more so the, the Nats have like you said a balanced lineup that can put runs on the board, but the Mets and Nats their strength is their pitching, right? Yeah. I mean when you look at it brass tacks, their pitching is what's going to win them games keep them in, in games, win them uh, uh, division games. But the Phillies and Braves, to be honest, uh, to a lesser extent, those lineups are scary. Uh, yeah. and I, I think the Braves, people are sleeping on them uh, in terms of you know last year's champs. These, those young guys can hit it. Freddie Freeman's still doing his thing. Um, so I think we're sleeping on the Braves a little bit. But it'll be cool to see the dichotomy of those two kind of win with pitching, win with hitting, and it, it's going to make for, you know, 60 to 70 incredible games per team. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. And again, another another shout-out to T-Mobile for MLB TV. Like, the NL East is, is must-see must TV. Must-see TV. It really is. Uh, there aren't going to be many boring head-to-head matchups in the NL East this season. Um, and I'll be honest with you, you better beat the Marlins because that's going to be the differentiator, right? I mean, it really is. These teams are going to pound on each other in 19 games against each other. There's not going to be many 11 to 8 seasons. I think they're all going to be closer. Like, they're going to, you know, 10, 9, 9. I, it's, it's going to be really fun to watch and, and a bit nerve-wracking as kind of a fan of an NL East team. And there's a lot of exciting things in baseball. A lot of new players in, in – uh, in old places, a lot of players staying where they were. I, I, what did you think of all the contract extensions kind of in the last two weeks? I thought that was kind of crazy. For, for people crying about people not getting paid and the free agency, I mean, yeah. uh, that's incredible. I mean, what Mike Trout did uh, with that contract, I mean, just as a Bryce hater, okay, it made me feel so good, okay? That <laughs> he's so hell-bent on getting that record for the highest, gross value contract and he held the record for two weeks and trout out of the water and he gave up three years of his life to to get that contract in philly i I mean let's be honest all of my hate and bias aside you see this ending badly in philly right Uh, you can see how this end badly 
I see, I see, I see five to six really good years. I think coming ahead, right? I think the guy's in his prime, man, or he may have not even hit his prime yet. I think he's got five to six good years, but I think thirteen years is way too long, and I don't, I don't see it ending well. I don't see it, and also like Bryce isn't the easiest player to have on your team based on what we've learned from his time here in DC, right? Like he comes with some quote unquote baggage, whatever that looks like. Old school baseball types don't tend to like him. If he is, if he's perceived for a lack of hustle or some of the other things that he's been kind of or bad play in right field, Philly's not as forgiving as DC. I, I think part of the DC fan base is still like happy to have a baseball team. Philly's not so much. Philly, they're not happy about anything, right? Again, like the fact they boot him. So he right now it's all love, but yeah, I could see four or five years they could sour on him quickly, and that that money could be. Um, be a really, really bad thing for him and for the team going forward. But I'd give it five years before that's really a conversation. Yeah. Okay, well, now turning to Saturday. Both teams, Nats, Mets, off today, which is odd. They had, uh, you know, opening day and then have a, a breather day. And yeah. then Saturday, Sunday, they're going to do two day games here at Nats Park. Uh, Syndergaard, Strasburg tomorrow. Corbin versus who on Sunday? Versus uh, Wheeler. Okay, Zach Wheeler. So Saturday, Sunday, what are you looking to see? What do you think is uh, going to happen? Pitching matchups. What, what, you'll be happy with uh, a series win, I'm assuming, yeah. weekend series. So I, I do, I do would like to, I, if we take two out of three from the Nats, again, we uh, I'm not on the team. If the Mets take two out of three from the Nats, be very happy with that, especially first, first in, uh, first series in, the Mets, I think, are playing their first 19 games out of this month against the NL East. So they're they they really got a hard a hard schedule uh, kind of ahead of them. As, as the Nats are playing a lot of NL East, I think early as well. Uh, so I think that's big win number one. I want to see more from the lineup. Uh, don't really know what you've got with the lineup yet. I mean, Cano, it's really great. Uh, I think Cano's an amazing baseball player on the tail end of his amazing career. So I think you might get one to two good years. So we really need Conforto and Nimmo and Rosario to kind of step up and show us who they're going to be against elite pitching. Strasburg is nothing short of elite. Corbin is nothing short of elite. Uh, you want to see Cindergaard? You want to see him kind of come in, dominate? It's okay if he dials back. I don't want to see 101 on every pitch, every fastball. Dial it back a little. It's game one of the season. But show that you can control an inning, get into some trouble, get out of it, as DeGrom has, has sort of perfected that art. Uh, Syndergaard can be in his head a little bit. So you want to see how he does when he's faced by some, um, again, I think I don't like the day off, but I do think that allows us to see more of the bullpen over the next two days as well with that rest. So I want to see what we really have back there. Um, and lastly, Zach Wheeler, is he going to be, again, is he going to be the last 11 start Zach Wheeler, which was actually better than DeGrom? You know, I mean, his ERA was better than DeGrom's was during the last 11 starts of, of, of 18. So and this is a contract year for him, so he's got a lot to prove. I'd like to see what kind of Zach Wheeler uh, that, in his mind, first series of the season, you're playing, you're playing, you know, third game in, you're pitching against the Nats. What are you going to bring to the table? I'd like to see six, seven strong from both of those guys. I'd be happy with six, very happy with six, especially what we were saying based on the first series. On the other side, and I'll turn it to you on the Nats for a second. I'm curious to see what the young guys are going to do. Uh, Robles and Soto, I really want to see uh, who they are, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of hype about them here in D.C. and and I'm excited. I'm always kind of excited by young 
by the youth, especially the youth that, that the MLB is putting out this year. So I um, would like to see what those guys are going to do facing two really strong pitchers over the next yeah. couple of days. I'll, I'll give you a couple of things here on the D.C. side to look out for. Is Strasburg getting through a game healthy is always uh, incredible, and it's always an accomplishment. But I want to see where he's at. I mean, there's been a lot of talk with him up and down, and, and he had a good spring training. It, it was an up and down spring training, but I want to see what he can do. Uh, the weather should be good tomorrow for him. And then, of course, Sunday, I think, to, to be honest, the most exciting thing here in D.C. is seeing Patrick Corbin. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, going from Gio Gonzalez to Patrick Corbin, I don't know if there's two females that you could compare dating a, 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 a horrid, uh, you know, girl who's got an eye for an ear type uh, girl to some <laughs> supermodel, okay? But that's how I feel when you go from that lefty to this lefty, okay? And no offense yeah. to you, wishing luck on the Yankees, but um, that I'm thrilled to see a lefty go into the ballpark as a lefty myself, going to watch Patrick Corbin pitch. I think it's going to be awesome. The other thing I'll give you to look out for, Sean Doolittle. We haven't seen him, obviously. We didn't see him yesterday. But uh, he's got the number changed, went from 62 to 63, did not divulge why he changed that. Seems to be some type of personal reason uh, they went through. But I want to see, because all spring training long, I, I mean, a guy whose fastball was up 95, 96, 97 last year, down to 92, 93 after the injury. I'm curious to see, is it the same guy who can get strikeouts, close out games? I'll tell you what, that to me is the biggest question mark on this team right now is do little being able to close things out. I have my fears and I'm cheering for the guy and I, I, I like him personally. Um, but I'm concerned that he may not be the same player he was before the injury and which would lead to a big question mark, especially with Craig Kimbrell still out there. Um, that would be incredible. I am kind of surprised that the Nats didn't make more of a push to solidify their bullpen a little more, like in in the off season. You know, I felt I, I was surprised they weren't in on Kimbrel. And actually, I don't know if they were or weren't, but I didn't hear anything. But why not? Uh, why not try to take the bull by the horns and bring a guy like Kimbrel in and and just kind of do what the Mets did? Put they put Familia in the eighth, right? I mean, maybe do little. Yep. You move him to the eighth, and you bring in a Kimbrel even for a year or two. Uh, but I know he's looking for six years, so that's I don't know if he's going to get it anywhere, yeah, but. Then- the Nats had this obsession with the luxury tax this year, not wanting to go yeah. over it. And I think Rizzo was handcuffed, uh, which is why they brought in Tony Sipp under the luxury tax uh, lefty. And then the last thing, and most critically, is once we get through uh, you and your stinky team on Saturday, Sunday, all eyes will turn to Tuesday night when yes. Bryce Harper makes his... Are you going? Uh, Tuesday, you know, I'm coaching Little League this season, and we practice on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so I might have to cancel the team practice and so, yeah. uh, maybe do a, a watch party. I actually am planning to go on Wednesday, okay. which will be Scherzer's day back against oh. Bryce. I know Scherzer will be just itching to come after Bryce, and, and Bryce might get some high heat. Uh, yeah, I think so. I bits. think uh, that'll be fun to watch for sure. Anything else in the league you're looking for, Steve, this season? Are you looking at? No. I'm, I'm, I was going to get you out on March Madness, okay? I, unless you oh. got stuff in the league you want to throw out. No, I, I mean, I just I, – a couple things in the league that are enticing. Lots of youth coming up, right? And a lots, of guys, lots of young guys coming up in two weeks. You know, it's one of the things the Mets didn't do with Pete Alonso. They could have they could yeah. have sent him to, to the minor leagues for two weeks to, to get another year. Um, but I, I, it's nice to see that Fernando Tatis is up and then, um, again, kind of, you know, Alonso and some of these other young guys that are up. 
So I'm curious to see what the what the youth is going to do this year around baseball. I think you you have a problem though. I think you've got some really dominant teams. The so- the Red Sox, although they got creamed yesterday, the Red Sox, the Yankees, uh, the, the the Astros in the in the AL, right? And the Indians are still the Indians are going to run away with with the Central. There's not real. The Twins might give them a, a run. So, and then so I think most of your races are going to be done. Although the Central is interesting in the NL with the Cardinals and the Cubs. Um, I think the West is going to be mainly Dodgers. The Rockies have a good team, but I don't think I don't think based on what we saw yesterday that anybody in the West is going to give the Dodgers a run. So I think you've got some powerhouses that are going to be dominating. So curious to see where things are around the All-Star break. Do we really have have those teams kind of differentiated themselves and, and elevated themselves from the rest of the league, which I think is going to be the case. So Well, we'll and, there, and there could be some huge sell-offs around the trade deadline. Yeah, with I think so. Thinking. And so then it'll become an arms race at that point. Um, speaking of arms race, uh, Sweet 16 here in D.C. tonight, big, big, big games. I mean, I'm talking big dollar, uh, I mean, huge tickets going yeah. out. You got Virginia Tech, Duke is the late game, LSU, uh, Michigan State. Uh, give me your predictions on those two. Uh, you know, LSU has been playing some really fun basketball. I actually, I think I picked Michigan state in my bracket, but my bracket got busted last night. I had Tennessee and Michigan in my final four. Um, I've got Duke beating Virginia tech. I think LSU is going to beat Michigan state and I've got Duke kind of coming out of the group going into the final four. Zion Williamson is, is a beast and UCF got Mm -hmm. robbed. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know who put a piece of glass over Mm -hmm. the rim. It was Mm -hmm. terrible. My heart goes out to them, but I think I think everybody in the NCAA wants to see Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett at the highest, you know, on the highest stage, on the biggest stage. I think the Final Four without them, especially with Tennessee going out, which was a team that a lot of people were rooting for. Um, I think a lot of people won't tune in if Duke's not in I, at this point. I could be wrong, except maybe in this area you've got UVA alive and Virginia Tech yeah. potentially if they if they come out. So. You know, D.C. is excited or uh, Northern Virginia, whatever. The, the area here is excited. So what about you? What do you got? I think it'll be interesting today. I'm curious as to were the tickets so expensive for the Capital One Arena because of Virginia Tech or because Zion Williamson? I mean, this is a bunch of Homer. Uh, yeah. uh, these are a bunch of bandwagon uh, fans here in D.C. So I think a lot of people are coming out to see Zion. I want Duke to win only for the sole purpose that I want them to make it to the national championship game to get their butts whooped by my team, Carolina. And right. I think uh, that that'll be the, the game to end all games, seeing uh, Duke Carolina for the fourth time this season in the national championship. So I so think I've Duke got, will win. I've got Duke Carolina in the championship, but I got a different, I've got a different outcome there. Oh well, then you're then you're a Mets and Duke fan. I mean that that's literally the worst. It's kind of goes hand in hand, right? So uh, we didn't have college basketball growing up. So I grew up on Leitner and Hurley and Hill. So yeah, forgive me, but that's uh, yeah, that's good. I, I think I see a Bryce Harper jersey underneath there. <laughs> <laughs> Anything oh, man, else you chatting. want to talk about oh. before we we uh, close up and then uh, kind of cap off and then hopefully get back together next week talk about some of the early uh, stuff from the first week of the season. Yeah. Just on the college basketball tip, actually I was, I, you know, I thought it was going to be mostly chalk and it was kind of, you know, you had probably more one through four seeds going through to the, the sweet 16, but I think yesterday's games were really fun. Uh, although Texas tech, Michigan was hard to watch with good defense, bad offense. I don't know what you blame. Right. Um, but I think actually you might have some Cinderella's to root for here. Uh, 
which is isn't typical this late you know so that part's exciting it's good when march madness is still relevant even you know especially into the late round so that'll be fun with baseball this is my favorite time of the year i know a lot of there's a lot of fall lovers out there but i love the kind of the the baseball and march madness time it just summer's on its way you know the the shorts are are, are the shorts are coming out the sleeves are going to start coming are you out talking, you know? are you talking about the females now okay now you're talking about the females Okay, I'm with you. Okay, the short skirts. I'm with you. Okay, sundress silly. That, that, that's how we do spring here in DC. You said it, brother. You said it, not me, right? So. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, look, Joe is stuck in the bathroom st- on the toilet still, yeah. so I'm going to close this out here. For Matt Demet, for Joe, who's eating too many chili dogs sitting on the toilet, this is Steve. You've been listening to DTC's uh, opening day recap. Uh, Nats uh, recap, Mets recap. Tune in on all of our our broadcasts. We'll be here all season long, uh, keeping you updated on everything going on with baseball. Of course, enjoy March Madness tonight. Uh, for all of us here at DTC, we are out.